Hello, and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Paul Hodewanik. It is homecoming week here on campus. Festivities are happening all week long, and we are here to break down the final piece of the homecoming schedule, the football game. The Gophers take on Illinois at home at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, and to break down that matchup, as well as the offensive showcase against Purdue last week, I have our football reporters in studio again with me today, John Miller and Nick Youngheim. Uh, Make sure to check out all of their work from this past week at mndaily.com, and you can pick up a paper where you will find their fantastic game day preview inside. All right, let's jump right in. All right, so the Gophers came out with a 38-31 victory over Purdue. Um, It looked like it could have definitely been by more points. They came out strong in the first half, and they were up 21 heading into the fourth quarter, but Purdue fought back, and the Gophers just have a knack for playing these close games, and scoring when they need to and getting stops when they need to. And this game, it was a, a couple first downs late in the game that they were able to put it away. Um, I want to start with the keys to the game, and I think the first one is obviously Tanner Morgan. Uh, 21 for 22, 396 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, we've written about it. I know, John, you wrote about it a little bit, but I think coming into the year, maybe he was viewed more as a game manager, and he definitely didn't. He took over the game. He did not manage the game, uh, especially in the first half against Purdue. It's it's been cool to see his progression from last year being the backup and then kind of looking like he played better than Anikstand at the end of last year and then he obviously had the opportunity uh, to start this year when Anikstand went down. Who knows who would have won that competition? It looks like Morgan may have won it uh, either way because of the way he's playing so far. So what have you guys seen from Tanner Morgan throughout these first couple games and what have the coaches been saying about him and his latest performance? Well, if you ask PJ Fleck a question about Tanner Morgan. 100% of the time, he's going to talk about how he wasn't the most highly recruited guy. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the most height. He doesn't have the strongest arm. But he PJ Fleck really believes in Tanner Morgan's ability to win football games, and we've seen that a little bit. How on third downs, for example, that last drive against Georgia Southern, he's made the biggest plays, and against Fresno State too, when he needed to make the plays. So that's been one thing that is more of an intangible, which is something that Coach Fleck talked a lot in his press conference this week about Tanner Morgan and bringing him in all the way back because he was originally committed to Western Michigan there. Uh, That's something they really admire in Tanner Morgan, some of the things that you can't necessarily quantify on a stat sheet. Yeah, I mean, offensive coordinator Soraka really talked about how they're starting to put more and more on his plate, whether it's a lot, I don't know. They're not really make it, letting him make too many decisions at the line of scrimmage, but he's really been impressed with how he's progressed, and I think they want to get to the point where Tanner Morgan's going to be making you know, play calls at the line, making audibles and stuff like that. It's not there yet, but you know, they're, they really love what they're seeing. I mean, you can't deny the best completion percentage ever in a game in the Big Ten. That's just insane. Yeah, and he, he was obviously one of the big keys, but there are other reasons that they won this game. What what other things did you see from the team that allowed them to win or allowed the game to maybe stay closer than it should have been? What were your big takeaways other than Morgan from the game? Uh, missed tackles for the Gophers' defense was one thing the coaches really talked about a lot in availability this week. It was something that hasn't really been an issue for this team, but last week they thought they had way too many, and especially, as we'll talk about later, going into Illinois this isn't a team coming up that you can afford to miss a lot of tackles against because their running backs especially will make you pay. So that's been the big focus in practice this week for the Gophers' defense. Yeah, you know, and the running game got going this week as well. I mean, when you have a pass game like the Gophers had, and Rodney Smith kind of broke it down, like 
Purdue was stacking the box. They play a single high safety defense, so they're ready for the run, and they know how good the Gophers are at running the ball. Even though Ibrahim was out as well as Shannon Brooks was just getting implemented back into the offense, it opened up some running lengths for Rodney Smith. But what I we still need to see more from that running game, and I think we'll see it as the offensive line continues to gel and the running game continues to gel. So uh, it, it'll get there, but I think it needs to get there quick. Yeah, I think with that offensive line unit in the running game, it's just all about time for them. The offensive line's young, so more time's going to help them, and all the running backs are coming off injuries, so more time's just going to help them. So although the competition's going to get tougher, I think they're going to continue to get better, and so it'll be interesting to see that give and take about they're going to get better, but defenses are going to get better, and who prevails in that. And their first challenge will be Illinois this week. So Illinois is 2-2 two and two on the year, uh, coming into the season not – very high expectations for an Illinois team. They won their first two games of the year against Akron and UConn, and then they are on a two-game losing streak currently. They lost to Eastern Michigan 31-34, to and then Nebraska 42-38, to and that was a tight game last week, and it's a little a little preview for the week after, but Nebraska's kind of, they're a hard team to figure out. It's not I'm not really sure if they're good, if they're bad. They had a lot of hype in the beginning of the season. So depending on how you look at that Nebraska team, Illinois was up for a lot of that game, so they can stay competitive. They've scored a lot of points. They've scored 42 points, 23 points, 34 points, and 38 points. So Illinois can definitely put it on put it on the scoreboard. So we might be looking at another high-scoring game. The Gophers have scored over 30 points in every single game so far this season as well. In terms of history against these uh, between these two teams, Minnesota has won three of the last four. Obviously, they lost last year 55-31, to 31, but they've also beaten them six out of the last eight times. So a series that Minnesota has dominated as of late and the Gophers – Definitely hope that they can continue to do that for the homecoming crowd. Um, but the first challenge that they're going to have to address that I'm sure they've addressed in meetings this um, week and that they've definitely addressed with the media is how to stop Reggie Corbin, the running back for Illinois. He's averaging over seven yards per carry. The, the Gophers definitely know him well. He ran for over 200 yards on 13 carries last year against the Gophers. So what have they said about what the keys are to stopping that running game that has that explosiveness in them? On defense, they have to remain fundamentally sound. Everybody has to stay in their lane, stay in their gap, and maintain that because one busted assignment, and Reggie Corbin's one of the best in the Big Ten at making you pay. That's one thing Rossi said was that the running backs for Illinois, both Corbin and Dre Brown, they can take the ball 50, 60, 70 yards. Corbin had a 60-plus yard run for a touchdown against Nebraska too. So they're definitely a big play offense, and, that's something the Gophers struggled against last year as well. They gave up a lot of big runs to Illinois. So basically they really emphasized staying in their gaps, um, staying disciplined, and not missing tackles. Yeah, I mean, when you're facing a running back like Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown, I mean, Dre Brown's averaging over six yards per carry on the year as well. Like Nick said, they're going to have to play fundamentally sound. That's what Rossi said. But he also talks about how they really need to start shedding blocks. And to me, that means they need to start getting in the backfield a lot better. And I think that's something we haven't seen from this gopher defense as well. We already talked about the missed tackles, but they need to start getting a lot more penetration up front. Yeah, last year against Illinois, not the best defensive um, showing. (laughs) They allowed... 55 points, like we said, and it it came the end of the run for the defensive coordinator at the time, Rob Smith, and they moved to go to Rossi, who really sparked that defense coming down the stretch of that season. I know he didn't change much, but whatever he did change in their mindset and their preparation seemed to work. The beginning of this year has been a little rocky in terms of allowing scoring points, but they're 4-0. Can't complain about 4-0. What has the team said? What has Flex said? What has Rossi said about that transition from a year ago and how it's working as 
up until now. Yeah, so like you touched on, schematically at the end of last year, we saw a big improvement out of the Gophers' defense, but not a lot of change schematically. I asked Thomas Barber about it this week in an interview, and he said that the thing that Rossi changed the most was he challenged the team to be a little more active in practice, especially even in scout team to, you know, maybe go a little faster, hit a little harder. He thought that he needed to challenge his guys at that point, and Barber said that that lost to Illinois last year after they fired uh, Rob Smith. That was the line in the sand for the defense. So, you know, obviously with only four weeks left in that season at the time, they couldn't change a whole lot. But Rossi, he really demanded more out of his players. Yeah, I think we saw a huge change, like you said, down the stretch last year. But this run defense has to get a lot better, even though a lot better than what it has been. I mean, they're allowing almost five yards per carry. I mean, Purdue, the worst running team in the Big Ten, averaged almost five yards per carry on them. So that's still a huge glaring hole uh, to me that this team really needs to. Like I said about the, the run offense, the run defense has to get fixed quick. I mean, Tanner Morgan can only carry you for so long, and so can the, the defensive backs for the Gophers on that side of the ball. Well, Illinois also struggles defending the run last week. They allowed 346 yards to Nebraska uh, and 328 over the air. So the, the passing defense wasn't much better. So the offense looks like they have another opportunity to put a lot of points up on the board. It's something they've been good at, as we've said. But one of the keys to that Purdue game that helped Morgan uh, do better and helped the running game do better was Rodney Smith. And coming off that injury last year, first game of last season, he finally seems like the wheels are starting to turn and everything's kind of starting to get back to 100% for him. I know, John, you you wrote about that this week. What did he have to say about how he's feeling? What did Kirk Scirocco, the offensive coordinator, say? What did Flex say? How have they seen how Smith has progressed so far this season? Yeah, I think Soraka said it, you know, the second game of the year against Georgia Southern. He said that's when Rodney really looked like he was regaining form. He was making all the cuts and everything. Rodney said that might not have been it. I don't know if it was before or after we talked about this before the podcast, but he's he's feeling good, and he he pretty much, Rodney said, he's going to do whatever the team needs him to do. He's been really impressed with the next man up mentality, so to say, for the running back group. He knows they need to get better, um, but he's, uh, you know, he's just like he fits in with this Gophers program so well. Is It's, it's always, it's not about him. It's about the team, and it, it's hard to find a lot of guys like that in this whole Gopher team seems to have almost 90 of them. Yeah, Tanner Morgan's definitely another one. He's always going to point to the team, and his stat line is what everyone was talking about. It's what we opened the podcast talking about. But I want to know, do you think he can repeat that? Is that something that Fleck wants him to be in a position to do, to have to throw for 400 yards to get a win? Is that something they've talked about? Do we expect to see this type of air raid style almost coming from the Gophers, or do we think their preferred style is still running it on the ground? Fleck has been pretty adamant that in his system he wants to establish the run and make sure that they can run the ball effectively. That being said, the Gophers have a pair of really talented receivers on the outside with Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. You better believe that Coach Chiraca calling the offense, he's going to make sure to get those guys involved as well because they've clearly been the most effective playmakers on the field for that offense. So can Tanner Morgan repeat the performance against Purdue? Probably not. I mean, those are some pretty astronomical numbers, but he can continue to be a very effective quarterback, and only a redshirt sophomore he can continue to improve, especially with the guys he has around him. Yeah, you talked about jo- Johnson and Bateman. I mean, I think we all forget about how good 
Chris Ottman Bellas. I mean, he had almost 100 yards and a touchdown in the last game. And then we also forget that their fourth wide receiver is Demetrius Douglas, a freak athlete as well. So they're very well positioned to pass the ball. But like you said, they're an inside zone scheme. They want to establish the run. They want to be a well-balanced team. So I think they, they ride the hot hand, and that's what we're going to continue to see. So do I think Morgan can repeat that game? I think it's almost nearly impossible because that's the best game probably ever by a Big Ten quarterback, you know, in terms of completion percentage. So that's going to be tough to do. But I think, I think Tanner Morgan's got a few, almost four hundred yards, maybe a four hundred yard games in the rest of his career. I mean, we have three year, or you know, two and a half years left in his Gopher career. So it's going to be. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you mentioned that completion percentage, and he's always had a high completion percentage. He's at seventy three point four percent for this year only two interceptions, 10 touchdowns. So the numbers might not be as gaudy, but it's not out of the question to expect maybe 70% of what he had, 80% of what he did um, moving forward. Yeah, he's up there with guys like Joe Burrows and Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagliavola, and he's it's, it's, it's impressive. I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, it, he'll come back down to earth, but to be where those guys are at right now or just behind, that's that's amazing. Now, flipping that a little bit, Besides Reggie Corbin, besides maybe even the running game, what other offensive threats do Illinois possess? Because obviously they're putting points up on the board that the Gophers are going to have to worry about this week. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a, go ahead. All right, thanks, John. Um, so offensively, you know, Illinois, aside from uh, Reggie Corbin, their quarterback, Brandon Peters, he's a transfer from Michigan so far. He hasn't necessarily pushed the ball downfield a whole lot, only as a about 765 yards through first four games, but he has taken care of the ball, thrown for 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and he has some good receivers on the outside. He is Josh Bebe, who is a transfer from USC. So Illinois does have some talented players that they've brought in on offense. Yeah, I mean, Bebe, he's averaging almost 17.5 yards per catch. I mean, the guy's a freak athlete. As you said, he's recruited to USC. He was a four-star athlete. And then they have Smalling, the other wide receiver, who both these guys are juniors. He's averaging almost 10 yards per catch. So I think he's kind of more of that safety blanket uh, for quarterback Peters. And, you know, Peters doesn't necessarily chuck the ball downfield. So when it is, it's to Emotor Baby, but he's only averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. So that's not that much. So we're going to see a lot short intermediate passes in this game as well. As You know, they're going to they're gonna establish the run. That's what they're going to do. It's Lovey Smith. So for the Gophers to win this game and to start off the season 2-0 in conference, 5-0 and in the season, they have to do what? I think they have to uh, establish the run game right away and get positive yardage with the run game because Illinois is right near the top of the NCAA in terms of tackles for losses. So one thing the Gophers are going to try to do and to look out for is they have offensive lineman John Michael Schmitz, who they worked in a little bit against Purdue, kind of rotating him into that offensive line in the interior trying to get some guys a break and hopefully trying to you know break up some of the monotony they saw on the offensive line because they weren't really getting great pushes earlier in the season so that's the way they're going to try and attack Illinois yeah I think they need to stop the run I think that's got to be it I mean you need to get your offense the ball as many times as you can and when you're facing two of the best backs in the Big Ten if you don't stop them you're out your defense is going to be on the field a long time and they'll they'll get pretty tired so I think they definitely need to step up on the defensive line in order to really take a hold of this game. And who are we picking for this week? 
I'm going to go with Minnesota by a score of 35-27. to 27. Both teams, their offense is their strength, so expect a lot of points. But also look out for the forecast because it's supposed to be rainy, so that always adds a little element of surprise to any game. Yeah, it's supposed to be like mid-50s. But I'm going to go, you know, this offense, I think, I don't think Illinois' defense can stop the Gophers. I think it's going to be 46-31. to 31. All right, well, you heard it. Here from our guys, looks like Minnesota's moving on to 5-0, and and we're going to get ready for n- Nebraska undefeated. Um, but really, you're going to have to check out Nick and John's work throughout the week. Um, there's a lot of great stuff online right now, and make sure to follow them on Twitter throughout the game. They'll be posting updates if you aren't in front of a TV or at the stadium to watch, and they will have analysis coming right after the game. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, John. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. In other news, the Minnesota men's golf team captured its first team title in over five years, and junior Angus Flanagan won his second career individual title at the McDonald Cup last weekend. Minnesota shot 10 under for the tournament, giving the Gophers a dominant 24-stroke victory over second-place Princeton. The men's team heads back into competition on Monday at the Jerry Pate Intercollegiate, while the women's team tees it off for the Princess Anne Invitational on Friday cross-country teams are coming off of a home meet at Les Bolstad Golf Course last Saturday in the annual Roy Griak Invitational. The women finished third while the men finished seventh. Both teams are on the road competing again this weekend. The women's soccer team notched its second win of the season last Sunday, beating Ohio State 1-0, snapping a four-game losing streak. The volleyball team has been busy playing three times in the last week. They won all three matches against Big Ten foes and dropped just one set over that span losing the first set at Iowa on Wednesday night. The team is back home for a match against Rutgers on Saturday night. The women's hockey team had its first regular season series last weekend and swept visiting Colgate. The ladies travel to Minnesota State Mankato for a pair of games this weekend. And their men counterparts are a week away from starting their season and will have an exhibition game against Mount Royale on Sunday at home before their regular season starts at Colorado College on October 11th. We'll be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.